Well, good evening, and again, this is Dory Locke, and on behalf of Sci Seminars, I would like to be the first to welcome you to the Sci Seminars monthly call highlighting tools and techniques from the basic seminar. Tonight, we will be discussing the topic of attitude, and I have the pleasure of welcoming Mr. Tim O'Kelly to the call. Tim took his basic seminar in 1987, and on Saturday, he participated in an exercise that had a huge impact in his life. From this exercise, he established a dream or a vision of becoming a basic instructor for size seminars. And through applying the tools he learned in the basic, he was able to live that vision and become not only a basic instructor, he also facilitated at size seven men's leadership and was in charge of the basic instructor division. We are excited to have him join us on this call and look forward to hearing what he has to share with us tonight. So please join me in welcoming Mr. Tim O'Kelly to the call. Tim, are you there? I am here. Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate this. Um, I guess what I want to start off with is I appreciate most being asked to do this call um, because I do have one of the best attitudes of anybody I know. And I know that you might be laughing, and I'm not joking because I've taken a lot of pride in that because it's taken a lot of work for me. Um, it's taken, you know, what I was just listening to what, what, what Dory's talking about and the, the tools and techniques that, that are from the basic in all the classes that um, it's been a constant journey. It really has. And, uh, and this is one of those topics that I really, really wish that I would have been taught um, how to manage in school when I was young. Um, how to, how to, understand what attitude is, how to, how to change it if I am not in an attitude that is not serving me, not serving me at school, not serving me with my family, not serving me with anybody. I never knew how to change it. And so I spent most of my life doing things to find that feeling, to find that good feeling. Because most of when I was growing up, I didn't have that good feeling. And, uh, so when I came to the basic in 1987, that was the one of the things that really, really got me that I said, you know what, I'm going to do this work, and I will still do this work until I die, because really of that, learning how to change an attitude. And so I'm very honored uh, to be asked to do this, and uh, the only thing that I hope does not happen is that I don't talk for two or three hours on this, because believe me, I could. And, and it almost seems uh, not fair to be given a, a short time, but, but I will do this. So what I want to start with is, um, first of all, just a very simple, what is attitude? And uh, not that anybody needs to know this, but just as a reminder of what attitude is, and maybe more important, what attitude is not. But uh, in the basic course, one of the, um, one of the lessons that is presented is something called the value circles. And what the value circles, uh, for, for the new time uh, uh, callers who have never done the class, um, the value circles is very simply, if you can imagine, like Target, you know, the, the, the store Target. It's got that, that symbol, and it's just like a, literally just like a Target. But in the center of it, what it says is that uh, is the center of a human being, um, the best part of who we are when we came into this world. We came in, if you imagine, like a child when we came into this world full of energy, full of love, full of uh, honesty. When we would get mad, we would get mad. When we would be happy, we would be happy. Perfect self-expression. We have imagination. We've been given all of these 
tools, literally, to be able to have whatever kind of a life we want. And then as we get a little bit older, events start to take place in our life. We have events with our mom, with our dad, with family, with grades, with school, with just life and is really what it is. And then based on those events, we start to make decisions about ourselves. We start to create opinions of ourselves. We start to have uh, viewpoints of ourselves, not only of ourselves, but of, of people, of events, of money, of family, of really everything. And a lot of that is created by, you know, at least by the time we're 18 years old, that we have our belief systems, we have our viewpoints, we have the way that we see the world. And then out of that creates what's called attitude. So attitude would be feelings, emotions, um, not ways of thinking, though. So ways of thinking is very separate than attitude. So if you can imagine that thinking would be in the head and feeling would be in the heart and then acting would be on the outside. So emotions are what we feel, um, and there's so many of them, okay? So today's, today's call is, is this on, on that level right there, before the action and after the thinking, okay? So the question, the thought that I really want to get into is, is attitude important? And uh, there's something that I do at guest events whenever I come and do an event uh, for PSI seminars. Uh, uh, the room will be full of, of, of graduates and guests. And one of the exercises I do is to make a triangle and then have people think of very, very, very successful people, some of the best, you know, successful people in life, and, and to come up and, and think of what is it when you think of them, what makes them great, what makes them successful? What are the characteristics and attributes of a very successful person? And then they'll throw all these words up, and I'll put them on the easel. It's a lot of fun. And then what I'll do is on that, on that triangle, I'll put on the left side, I'll put is it, a, is it knowledge? And then on the right side, I'll put is it skill? And on the bottom, I'll put is it attitude? And then we'll go back and look at each one of those words and, and place on there, is that one a skill? Is that one an attitude? Is that one knowledge? Maybe it's one, maybe it's two, maybe it's all three. And I have been doing that exercise probably since 1993 in different countries, and it all turns out the same. Knowledge always has a good share of it because knowledge is very, very important. Skill has just about the same because skill is very, very important. But one has the most, it's always attitude. And this is, the, like I said, that one thing that we were not taught. Okay, So um, what I want to start with is I guess what most people, I thought about this today. I thought, what, what is really most people looking for around attitude? And I think it would be most likely how to have a good attitude or a healthy attitude or a positive attitude, and then also how to change uh, an attitude. So that's really what I want to focus this few minutes on. So I guess the, the place that I want to really get to right now is what is it that creates attitude. And this is what's really, really exciting because this is what got uncovered for me, is that no one can change their attitude just by deciding to change their attitude. And I know that sounds completely absurd, but it is so true that a human being cannot change their attitude just by wanting to feel different. And, and everybody who's probably, if you think about that, it's true. If you're feeling in a funk, or you're just not feeling on top of the world or on top of your game, and you know you need to be, how challenging that is when we don't have a switch inside that says, okay, I'm feeling this way now. I want to feel on fire. I want to feel vibrant. I want to feel electric. 
We don't have that switch. And without knowing what it is that generates our attitude, it can be really frustrating. Personally, I know that. Very, very frustrating. So what is it that generates attitude? And it's what I talked about just a few moments ago. And it is the way that we think dictates how we feel. It's very, that, okay, let me, before I say that, that right there, the theory of it is very simple. Let me put it that way. The theory is very simple, that we don't dictate how we feel by itself. We think, therefore, we feel. So if I want to change how I feel, I have to change the way I think. And that's the key right there. Okay, so when you say, well, what do you mean change the way I think? Well, then what we really want to get into tonight, what I really want to get into is, is what is the way that we think that produces somewhat of a negative attitude or tired or down or, you know, anything other than on top of my game? And that's what I want to get into is, is what is our perspective? The way that we see the world, you know, um, Shakespeare said, you know, nothing is good or bad in the world. Good or bad is an assessment. It is, it is an assessment of something. And what he meant was that, that, that there is nothing in this world that's good. There's nothing in this world that's bad. Only thinking can make that so because of a perspective. You have five people look at the same event based on their education, based on their past, based on their perspective. They're going to have many different attitudes. So perspective. Perspective is the way that I see the world, the way that I see myself. You know, I have an estimate of myself. That's, that's where self-estimate, self-esteem comes from. I have an opinion of myself. And when we have these opinions for a long period of time, they pretty much become fact that we pretty much know the way the world is. And then that's what Buddha actually said was, you don't see the world the way that it is. There's no way that we can. We see our world. And we literally think, well, that must be the whole world. Well, it's not. It's just the way that we see it. So we have to get down to what is our perspective that creates a negative attitude. So one of the, um, you know, Einstein even said this. Einstein said that there's, if you really want to know yourself, there's one question you have to ask because everything issues forth from this answer. Do you live in a hostile universe or do you live in a friendly universe? Based on how you answer that question dictates how you feel, then how you present yourself to the world. So, again, that's a perspective. Now, some people might hear on this call that, oh, no, I guarantee it's a hostile universe. Well, and then others might say, oh, I guarantee it's a friendly universe. And then people can get into arguments over it. And that is absolutely okay because it is just the way that you see it. And it's based on your experiences, based on your life, that will almost fight for that. But that's the point I want to make is that it is not right or wrong. It's you have an opinion, you have a belief system. Okay, so that's one thing I want to touch on here. Now, here's another one that I really love the basic class for. Um, and, and, you know, I, I, I'm doing basics out there right now. I've been doing them since 1987. I'll, I'll keep doing them. Because not just because I love doing basic, because it keeps me with a great attitude because of one part of the class um, that we take on on, uh, on Friday. And I think this is pivotal. It's as pivotal as do you live in a hostile university, do you live in a friendly university. We do an exercise on Friday around responsibility. 
Um, and then the other side of that would be a consciousness called victim, okay? And one of the things that's helped my attitude uh, since I started working with was this one right here, was do I create my life, do I create my experiences, or do they happen to me? Do things happen to me, or do I create them? Now, that took me years, and I'm not saying I'm done either. I still work with that one. But, you know, you hear a lot when you hear people talk. Just, just People in general, just you hear conversations so many times that, that he hurt my feelings. She hurt my feelings. He made me so mad. She got me so upset. Oh, the traffic upset me so bad. You, and I could go on and on, but just don't even like talk about that too much. But that point is that that's what Einstein said, that if we believe that, if I believe that a person could hurt me, then I have to live in a hostile universe. If I believe that a human being can hurt me. Now, what I do want to say about this one is there is one way that a human being can hurt another one, and that is physically. If you were to physically cut me, hit me, punch me, I would feel physical pain. Besides that, that's it. No one can hurt another one. And then you might be thinking, oh, I know, I remember hearing that long ago that no one can hurt you unless you let them. That's not even true. That does not even work. Now, I want to get into that of how this is. And this is so liberating, and I tell you what, it's caused such a great attitude about life when I really got this and realized that no one has ever hurt me. And I do classes, and, you know, I've said it for so long, too. And people say that, you know, I've been hurt so many times. That right there is a perspective. If we have that perspective, we are going to have a not-so-good attitude. I mean, what hope, what vibrancy, what electricity is there about going out into the world We have a perspective that if I do and put myself out there, I'm going to be hurt so many times. Another one is, I'm going to talk about this in a moment, I'm going to fail. A fear of failure, a fear of rejection, well, it's not exciting. Not, none of that is exciting. So let me go back to how no one can hurt me. No one can hurt you. What the point to this is, is nobody can do that. And here's how it, it, it says this, that if you've ever been upset, say, for example, with your, your relationship, it is not what they're doing that makes us mad. It's not what they're not doing that makes us mad. Okay, I'm going to make up a scenario right now. Just It's a goofy one, but it's one that's been long lived. It's, you know, my husband does not take out the trash. You know, uh, anything you want to come up with. Oh, and it just drives me crazy. Well, the fact is that because you didn't take out the trash does not make you mad, does not have the ability to make anybody mad. What does dictate our emotions is our thoughts about what he is doing. I want to be real clear on that and say that again. It's our thoughts about what he is doing that either causes us joy and happiness or pain, frustration, bitterness. It's not an event outside of us. Um, an easy one, I think, to describe would be, um, does traffic cause stress? You know, and, and, of course, I live in the L.A., Orange County area, and a lot of people would say, yes, it does. But the reality of it is, no, it doesn't. There's no power in any event outside of us. There's not something that happens when bumpers get close to each other. And there's a, a, there's a, a, a magnetic field of anger that starts to build and build and build and then goes through the vent and upsets us. That's not what happens. 
And you'll notice that because not everybody is dressed in traffic, but some people are. It's not because of the traffic. It is our thoughts that we're having while we're in traffic, thoughts that I'm going to be late. Why didn't I leave earlier? What are these people doing out here? But the point is it's not the traffic. It's my thoughts about it. So it all goes back to what I said earlier. All attitude is is based on our perspective of how we see things. Okay, so that's one thing. And I'm sure in the questions I have a feeling I'll be able to reiterate that again. So I want to put that in place, okay? Another one that's key in attitude is our relationship with our word, okay? This is fundamental affects our attitude. And I guess I'm not going to go into the perspective anymore. It's the same thing, though. It's when a human being says they're going to do something and follows through and does it, our self-esteem immediately goes up. When we say we're going to do something and we don't do it and we cover it up with an excuse or don't talk about it or hope no one saw it, it literally eats away at us. And this is also part of the work in the basic course that is brilliant in my opinion, is when we get to look at our relationship with our word and so long, I mean, all the years before I ever came to class, I didn't think that mattered. I didn't think that it really affected anything because the, the breakdown is, is just like, a little bit at a time. You know, you put a frog in hot water and you just keep turning up the heat, turn up the heat, and it literally will die. It won't even jump out because it's so gradual. Same thing with our relationship with our word. So that's another part. Um, another thing that, that I want to talk about just real quick before we start taking some questions is um, this fear of failure that is so huge with people. That, um, and that could be in relationships. That could be in business. That could be anything especially people who want to create, to build, to manifest. One of the biggest fears that runs people is a fear of failure, and fear is an emotion. Fear is an attitude. And so one of the things I want to talk about there real quick is what is the perspective we have if we have a belief that I'm going to fail, okay? Um, I guarantee there's going to be a question. I cannot guarantee that. Of course, I can't. I believe There'll be a question as far as relationships tonight about attitude, and um, but I will address a little bit of it right now. We get into relationships, and, and, and they don't work, and then it just affects our attitude, and it can affect our attitude for so long. And we can go out and open a business, and, 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 and it goes under, and it affects our attitude so much. Well, what I really hope I get done on this call is to eliminate that. And I'm not saying you know, work on that. I'm talking eliminate that from happening again. That we can actually go out, open businesses, and uh, it really doesn't matter if they work or not, and to have an incredible attitude, to go into a relationship and give everything I have to a relationship, and then if it might work and it might not. But what is the perspective that would allow that? And so if we were to look at, let's take relationships first. If we were to look at, what is it that upsets us when relationships don't work? Well, it has to go back to the same thing I've been talking about. What is the perspective? Oftentimes, people have a perspective, and I was one of them, that when we get into a relationship and we start to love this person, we have a belief, we have an opinion, we have a perspective that this is going to be the relationship that's going to last, it's going to be happily ever after, and it's going to be the rest of my life. That is a perspective. If we have that perspective and this relationship doesn't work, we have to feel horrible because of our perspective. Now, what if we were raised in this culture 
and I, I just get really excited when I even think about the possibility of this. What if we were raised in this culture that you will not have one relationship, that in your experience, in your lifetime, you will actually have many relationships with many people if our whole purpose for being on this planet is to grow, is to develop. You know, I had a, a talk with Deepak Chopra years ago, and uh, the one thing he told me, which I'll never forget, was that, you know, our reason for being here is to develop our soul. So everything that we have in our life is there on purpose for us to grow. And, and I'll never forget that. that. That right there changed my perspective. And so what if we were raised that we would have many relationships and each one of them are there to serve us as we are there to serve them too, not just self-serving, but that every relationship is there for our benefit and for theirs too. If we had that perspective, we wouldn't feel bad when that relationship served its time. Okay, let's take one more perspective and then I'll take some questions about fear of failing. Well, our perspective then must be that there's something wrong with failing. There's something wrong with it not turning out. And I think it's the same thing. Well, if I'm going to open a business, this is going to be the business. It's going to last forever, and everything is going to be great. That is a perspective, and that perspective causes a lot of angst and a lot of anxiety. Because if you look at very successful people, it's very rarely that they had one business. But it was a process of growing and growing and growing. And if we understand that there is no way to fail, it is all literally for us to develop and for us to grow. And the more that you adopt that perspective, really you can do this with death. You can do this with anything, even the most tragic events. If you change your perspective, you change your attitude. So there we go. Let's get into some questions, and I know I can do some more work on that. So, Dora, are you there? I certainly am. Okay. Okay. So here's our first question. How can a person best maintain a positive attitude and approach to life overall when facing disease and injury every day, either in your own life or in that of a close loved one, especially for extended periods? Okay, so let me, um, you said I, there was a breakup on the phone. Let me just make sure that you said how to have a, maintain a good attitude when there is disease. Is that what you said? Yes. If, okay. if you're either personally facing disease or maybe some loved one in your life and if it goes on for an extended period, how do you maintain a positive attitude through that? Okay, got it. Okay, got it. I love this one and, and, and also at the same time have to be very, very sensitive uh, to this one, because nothing um, about disease and nothing about the the whole body, the whole human body, um, in my opinion, can be taken lightly. But again, if you change your perspective, you change your attitude. Usually, when we have a perspective of it's not supposed to happen, um, there's going to be problems. Um, it shouldn't happen. Um, it's bad. And it's so easy to look at a disease and say it's bad. I mean, you could find everybody to line up behind you on that one and say disease is bad. And, and you know what? There's a part of me that right when I say that, say it is. And, and that's the one that I battle a lot. Um, there's, a, uh, there's a belief 
that um, that few people have. And um, it's around disease. It's around the human body. It's around suffering that even though it is so harsh for us to get, but there is a belief that for every disease, there is a reason for it. Now, the journey is going to have to be using our mind to find what we are going to make up as the reason because sometimes we are not to know. Sometimes we will never know what the reason is. But let me give you an example of a true, true story of this uh, gentleman who came to do some work and um, he had cancer and uh, he wanted his cancer obviously to stop growing. And uh, there was some work done. He, he did quite a bit of work, but what he finally landed on when he worked with his perspective and how has his life changed since he had the cancer. And it, 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 it had, he had to open his mind consistently, keep opening his mind, keep opening his mind, because part of our mind is going to fight it. But what he finally got to look at was ever since he was diagnosed with cancer, he got closer with his children because he knew he was going to pass. He got very close to his wife. And I hope you'll allow me to say this on the call, but it's true. It's what he said. He goes, ever since I found out I had cancer, I have actually made love to my wife. And she was there in the room, and she was crying, and she said, it's absolutely true. He said, I am more alive now than I have ever been in my entire life. And it happened when I was diagnosed with cancer. My relationships are closer. Now, I know some people on this call might go, yeah, I don't like that, though. And I understand that because when I first heard it, I had the reaction to it. But what it goes back down to is it is just a perspective. And if we believe that a disease is bad, we just leave, believe that a disease is horrible, then we're absolutely going to have that attitude. Now, the great news I want to end that story with was once he got that and he got real close with his family, guess what happened to the cancer? It went in remission, and he hasn't had an outbreak of it since. And he's got an incredible life. Now, again, that would take a perspective that life doesn't happen to me. It happens for me. But that right there, the, one, the first question you ask, I think is the toughest one to change perspectives on, but it's all we have to do. Okay? The second question is when I... Put on a positive attitude, I remember past mistakes, and the regret makes me feel like I'm trying to fool myself. How do I move past my failures? Well, you know, I hope, um, I hope you heard what I said earlier about that, that, um, you know, it's got to be a perspective shift. It's got to be a perspective shift that they were not failures. Now, I, here's, what my, here's what a main point I want to make is, is I think when we have an attitude that is not good or that is not you know, positive, whatever words we want to use on it, I always come back to I think our vision is too small. I think it's too pinpointed that causes an attitude. I think we always have to pull the vision back a lot bigger and look at a bigger picture instead of looking at it right here, right in front of me. That if we went back to what I said earlier, that if I was here to develop my soul and to grow, then I'm going to be given challenges 
that I have to take on for me to develop a part of me. And then once that part is developed, that part is done. And we look at that and go, well, no, that was a failure. It didn't last forever. Well, what if it wasn't supposed to last forever? So the perspective shift that ha- would have to be done there is there's, there's no failure. It was all for something for us to learn. And sometimes we don't even look to see what we learned. And you know what? I'm still going to say this. Sometimes we're not going to see it. And that's when we have to have a deep belief or a great perspective in something bigger than us, something more intelligent than us that knows what's going on. So that's sometimes the last perspective that's going to work. Okay, so let me give an example real quick, and then I'll take another question. When a plane flies across the sky, it doesn't fly straight. No plane flies straight. It's not a smooth, straight line. What happens is the plane will take off, and there's communication from the target, wherever it is, and all that communication says is when the plane is off track. When the plane is off track, communication to the pilot, the pilot turns it until it gets back on track. And then it'll stay on track for just a little bit, then it will get off track again. And it literally will veer off of the target. If we pull our picture back far enough and look at our journey, well, we're going to have processes. We're going to have projects. We're going to have relationships. We're going to have businesses that were for us to grow, but yet we're still moving forward. But when we look at just that one little battle, we think, no, I failed. And just that right there is a perspective that I failed. What if you didn't? What if you learned something? I bet we've all been in a relationship where we look back, when it happened, when it broke up, we were in pain and we thought, it's over. I'm never going to be in another relationship. I'm done. And then later on, years later, we look back and we go, wow, that was actually really beneficial for me. And I'm actually glad I'm not in that relationship now. But sometimes it takes getting away from it, maybe two or three years later. And that's what I mean by pulling it back and looking at a bigger picture. Okay? Next question. Well, I think this question sort of takes that into consideration. It is what is the best way to maintain a positive mental attitude when relationships end and sadness is uncontrollable? Well, that's a good one. Sadness is controllable. That's one thing you just have to believe because sadness is a choice and it comes from our perspective. And it usually goes back to if our perspective is that this one relationship was going to be the one forever and it was going to be perfect and it was going to be happily ever after, then we will be sad. And the sadness comes from our perspective. So if we were to open up our perspective and to look at that we are here to have experiences for us to grow, for our to develop our soul, and it might be many relationships that we will be in. And some people, they might have that one relationship that is their growth process. But sometimes when we look at them, that that's the way it should be for everybody. Then, again, that's where we're going to have the sadness. So sadness comes from our perspective. You didn't fail. There's something ahead waiting for you. Uh, let, me, let me touch on this one. I was in a relationship once. I'm not going to mention names. I was in a relationship once, and it was a tumultuous relationship. We fought all the time. And I remember walking into a, 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 a casino in Las Vegas. We were going to have a great time. I walked in and I pointed at something. And she goes, could you please not point in a nice place like this? And I turned to her and I said, excuse me, what did you say? And it, it, it seemed like that was a whole relationship. I remember eating dinner. And she said, could you not look like a chipmunk while you eat dinner? <laughs> and I said, what? 
And she goes, when you eat, you put all your food in your cheek and then pull a little bit over and eat it and swallow it. It's just not. And I would get, I would get so angry. Well, I'll tell you what, I don't point anymore. <laughs> and I, uh, I definitely don't eat that way anymore. And I know at the time it was so tough. And later on, I look back and I go, no, I had a dream of having a really great relationship. And what I had to do was I had to mature for me to have that. And so if that's part of my development, I had to attract different situations, different people to serve me, to help me mature. But when I look at it with that closed microscope, it looks like I failed. But when I look at it later, it was one of the greatest gifts for me. Okay? Next question. Okay. Um, I'm going to kind of put these two together. I think these might uh, be something that you can answer in uh, one question. How to stop a negative attitude and also what is a recommended tool for an immediate shift? A tool for immediate shift. Okay. Um, So I don't know if you want to put those together or not, but... um, yeah, I, Those are the I, questions, I, Tim. Okay. <laughs> okay, so um, how do you maintain a positive attitude? Um, one of the things that I know that really, really works is that what is, what is your dream? What is big? Not what you have right now. Again, that's the small picture. What is it that's big? What is it that you're going toward? What is it you really, really want to create, build, manifest? Not short-term. I'm talking big. And then once you start to clarify what it is that you really, really want, and it might be just what you want to feel in life. It might be what you want to experience. You want to contribute to the world. You want to travel. You want to not necessarily work for this certain company. That's a little bit too close. I'm talking really in the short time that we're here, what do you really want to experience? And if you just open up to that, pretty soon you're going to find something that really turns you on, that lights you up, okay? And then a tool is to take that and to every day, and, you know, I just got off of a really, really a great basic not long ago, and we're, uh, the, the people in the, in the class just really got this part, was to every day put it into your mind for four to five minutes and to start your day this way, to go into a closed eye process, not a long time of meditation. The one thing, and I know this isn't the call for this, but the one thing that I do know is you don't want to have your mind wandering when you're in closed eye work, when you're in meditation. You don't want to have your mind wandering because sometimes when our mind wanders, we wander and we think of negative things. So you want to be really clear to go in for just four to five. I set my alarm clock to do this, and I just do it for four to five minutes. Go in and visualize that every day. One of the keys is to make sure that you are in that picture. Even if it's just you being happy, you jumping up and down with a backdrop of places that you want to go to, places that you want to travel to, uh, you working with people, you seeing people smiling, you, you you just paint the picture. And you keep painting it in your mind, and you do that every morning. And it doesn't have to be morning. I apologize for that. It does not have to be morning. That's when usually I do. I like to wake up, come downstairs, sit on my comfortable couch, and just close my eyes for a few minutes. 
not long, because I don't want my mind to wander, don't want to fall asleep there. So it's very precise, and to see that dream that we have and get that really clear on the mind. And then after we finish that four to five minutes, then I tell you what, you start seeing how different you feel. You start getting excited about it and then know that if that's what I want and I am connected, I don't know if we have a call on this one, but that we are all connected, and if we do have that call, I'm on it. Okay, that if we are all connected, then I'm not alone. And if I'm not alone, that's a great perspective, that I don't have to do all these things myself. I am connected to everything. I am either pulling my dreams closer to me or pushing them away because of my perspective. And if I set that target out there and then every day knowing that the universe is here to support me, again, that's a perspective, that the universe is here to support me, but my job is to dream. My job is to decide what it is that I want. Then what's going to happen is I've got to mature. I've got to go through, you know, a child goes in and wants to be an astronaut. They've got to go through classes. They've got to get their body ready. They've got to, it's exactly the same thing, that I'm going to be given situations. I'm going to be given uh, opportunities that are not supposed to last forever at all, that I'm supposed to learn something, I'm supposed to develop, I'm supposed to grow, and know that everything that is coming my way is on purpose, and it's on purpose for me. You do that with that perspective, and just watch what happens, not only in your results, but watch how you feel. If you have that perspective that I'm not here alone, and the universe is here to support me, and people are here to support me, even though it looks like it's tough in that moment, it's all for a reason. Next question. Okay. In my work, I need to consider the worst things that could happen or go wrong. I'm an ICU nurse. I think of myself as having a glass half full attitude, but sometimes this kind of thinking at work seems to suggest I may be such a person that's a glass, not a glass half full. How can I still do my job and feel like I'm a positive person? That's a great question. Okay, um, I see you, nurse. Um, you know, again, when it deals with the human body and it deals with suffering and pain and, and what you see that I have, I cannot really relate to at all. Um, I'm definitely not going to speak from experience here. And uh, I do have to respect, you know, obviously everything that you do because I'm just, you know, I'd like to know that I would I would be good and all that. But, you know, I don't know. So one thing I just want to say is I absolutely respect what you do. And, uh, um, again, it goes back to the same thing, which is just what is your perspective of what you do? What is your perspective of someone who comes in and it looks like a horrible accident, which it is? Or is it an accident? Now, I know that's going to be maybe one of the hardest perspectives to change. Because that's really, really easy to look at it and go, no, that's bad, that's wrong, that shouldn't happen. But what I want to say is that right there is a perspective. Um, you know, it, I didn't really plan on this going here, but I want to do this. Um, if you look at the source of all suffering, it comes from believing a thought that opposes reality. Whenever we believe a thought that opposes reality, we're going to have suffering. It's going to affect our attitude dramatically. 
and what that looks like in an event like that was these things shouldn't have happened. Now, I know part of our mind's going to go, well, it shouldn't have. But you know what? It did and it does. And it does every day. I'm not sure why. I'm not sure the biggest picture on that of why. I don't think that's my job to know that, and I never will. But when we fight reality and go, it shouldn't have happened, he shouldn't have done that to me, but yet it happened, we're going to be in misery whenever we believe a thought that opposes reality. So a great perspective that maybe you could develop would be, one, look what you get to do. I know that you might think you're fighting death. That's a perspective. I worked with a hospital uh, just two weeks ago on this. Uh, uh, surgeons and nurses that um, were fighting. They said they're fighting death all the time. And I said, what about the perspective of, of, of uh, maintaining life? And, uh, and it was really a wonderful day with them. But again, that's a perspective. But to have a perspective of look what you do for people. And when it comes to death, you know, one of the best perspectives is that if they died, that was exactly what was supposed to happen. And our belief is, oh, it shouldn't have happened. They shouldn't have left. I should have done something more. You hear that a lot. Again, that's a perspective. And that is deadly. That if it did happen, it was supposed to happen. We don't know why. But just that perspective right there with look what you do and look what you do for people. And if they pass, if they go on, there's probably nothing you could have done anyway. It was time, and that's something that just has to be done, I think, daily in your situation. I mean, every day, every morning, get back with that perspective. Okay, next question. Okay. If you already feel negatively about someone or something, what are the steps to take to feel more neutral or positively about him her or it to just be thankful of the lesson or is there more uh to be thankful lesson well that's a pretty good ending right there i didn't expect that one um well i mean you got you i think you got it is is that there was a lesson um again we don't always know it we don't always are able to see it but to have a very big picture in faith that it is happening for a reason, and it's my perspective that causes me to be negative about this person. But if you have a very large belief that it happens for me, not to me, then it can help completely eradicate the negativity. And it might take a little bit of time. And it's not time with the, the negativity. It's the time of shifting slowly that perspective. Because if there is still a part of us that thinks, that happened to me. He did something to me. Then we're going to have a negative attitude. So it's going to take a little bit of time. And don't watch the negative feelings. You want to keep focusing on changing the perspective. And how you change the perspective is, one, create the new perspective and then find evidence of that. Daily find evidence of that, that it's actually happening for me. Look back at your relationships. Great exercise you can do. Look back at all your relationships and see how they were all there really for your benefit. Every transaction you've ever been in, you can look at. Now, you probably won't because you can't. That's too many events that you've gone through. Um, you know, you've been driving down the street and you've been cut off. You know, oftentimes people get upset. 
You know, their attitude is just right out the door like that. And that, that is all based on a perspective. It's not the car. It's not that they got close to you. Usually that's what we want. We want to be close to people. Notice when they do, we get mad. But anyway, so um, they cut you off. We get angry. It's our perspective that they were getting ahead of us or they're, they're rude. They're, you know, our mind just goes nuts with that. But I always, I always think about this is, is what if that person who just, you know, got in your way and was ahead of you, what if laying down in the back seat was his wife and she was pregnant and this was their first child and, you know, he's out of his mind and, and, and she's in the back in labor and he's doing everything he can to get to the hospital? Would you be mad? Of course not. You might even speed up, get in front of him, help him get to the hospital. And so what was the only thing that changed? It was the perspective. And I, I tell you, I mean, my wife and I, my daughter, we play with that one, you know. Um, when my daughter was young, um, we were driving, and I heard a really loud ambulance, you know, and, and I see my daughter clapping. And I'm like, what is she clapping about? I hear an ambulance. And then I look at her and I said, honey, what do, you, what do you hear? And she said, listen. And all I can hear is a really loud ambulance. And she said, a baby's being born. And I went, oh, my God. I'm thinking someone's dead, someone's hurt. And uh, never done that since. Every time I hear an ambulance, I get excited. I've even changed the story to, a, you know, the couple of guys, if there's two guys in it, you know, they're going to a party. It's a little out of integrity, but they're using the sirens to get there. But just that perspective shift, you can actually have fun with it. If you're driving and you look at an accident and you see, you know, I used to look to see who's hurt. That does not help my attitude when I go home to my wife, when I go to work. Just that thought right there. So now the cars, yes, they're crunched, they're demolished. But as I drive by, I think to myself, they're going home to their family. The cars can be fixed, but they're going home and they're sleeping in their beds tonight. And just that perspective feels good okay next question what if you want to have a positive attitude but from all of life's stress you have become ill or too emotionally physically exhausted instead of a happy person you were now each day is spiraling into more negativity even though you're trying not to it's so difficult to be positive when your body is physically affected true um, when, with enough um, perspective, the body, the body will pay a price. Um, but I, th- I guess the tough news on this one is going to be that um, when we do have negativity, when we do think negative, when we are angry at people because of something we think they did to us, um, and we live in a hostile universe, and the world is going to hell, and people are this, and it's tough to make money, and you just can't trust people anymore. You get enough of that going on, um, your body will pay a price. And you, it, it's, it's a great question because after a long period of time, and you don't know any other way, it's tough. But what I just want to say is that, you know, it, it just goes back to, perspective that if you believe that the world is a negative place and that people are blank and you can't trust men you can't trust women everybody's out to get everybody 
the problem with this is, is after so many years, we really do believe that's the way the world is. And when you really believe that that's the way the world is, there is no hope. And, and, and sometimes, unfortunately, people actually will die that way. And it's not because of the body. The body's brilliant. It's the perspective, in other words, the way that we think. So if you have been going down that tube for a long time and your body's really paying a price, the great news is you're not done. The only reason I can say you're not done is you're still alive, you're still here, it's not your time. So even if you start with that perspective and realize that, that, that and take that as a truth, that if it was supposed to be my time, I would be gone, and guarantee it would be. But you're still here, you're on this call, you're asking the question, there's something inside of you that's saying, go. So what have you got to do? You've got to start with your belief structure. It's what I call our operating system. Everybody has an operating system, and it's compiled of our belief systems, the way that we think, the way that we see the world. And if it has been tough like that, which it has been, if your body's paying a price, it is all because of your perspective, and start changing your perspective right now on this call. And one of the ways to start changing your perspective is to make a decision right now on this call to change your perspective. You don't even have to know how to. The universe is here to support you. But if your commitment right now on this call is to change my perspective to a positive perspective of this world, the universe will start supporting you. Your brain will start supporting you. If you've ever, ever um, bought a car or you, know, I, you can do this with luggage or anything, you've ever bought something, there was a process where you didn't know what kind of car you were going to get. And then finally that one day you decided that's the car I want, that's beautiful, and you got really excited about it. Did you notice the next day you're driving around and, of course, you see that car everywhere? Because right immediately, when you make a decision like that, your brain starts serving you. It will show you things that you cannot see, but yet they've always been out there. You know, that car has always been out there, but you could not see it. You see things the way you see things. And if you make that decision to change your perspective to a positive right here on this call, your brain just starts serving you. And you don't have to know how to do everything. Just make that decision and then create what kind of a perspective. And watch, you'll start to see evidence of it. And that's all you need to start. That to start to look at, you know what, people are kind, people are good. Then what your mind will show you is where that is actually the truth in the world. And you'll see that. And once you start seeing it, that's when you go, wow. And you just change perspective, automatically change your attitude. Next question. Okay. It's so hard with family events. How do you keep the positive attitude going 24-7? Could you repeat that first part? It's so hard with... Uh, family events. Oh, family events. Pos- uh-huh. How do you keep the positive attitude going 24-7? Uh, just don't go. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, just go to a party. Go do something. Um, those are tough ones. You know, the ones closest to us, those are really the ones that I think, you know, you have the body, the diseases, and then you've got family because there's so much history that makes our changing our perspective really, really crazy. But, you know, it, it's, it's a broken record right now. It all goes back to the same thing. It's a perspective. Um, and, and with family, once you start working with this and once you start playing with this, it, it can change, is that your family is exactly 
This is a perspective. I'm not saying take it. Try it, though. Your family is exactly the way it's supposed to be. If you have the perspective that you're here in this experience to develop your soul, you're here to grow, is it possible that that was set up before you came? I know that's going to be a big picture for some. But what if it was possible that this is all on purpose that you are to grow? Well, then you have to be given people. You have to be given opportunities so that you can work through them. That's how someone grows. And so I'm going to suggest that my mother, my father, who left when I was four years old, I, got, I met him right after the basic class. I, that's why I love the basic class so much was I had not seen my father since I was four years old, and I wasn't going to see him because I didn't care. There's a perspective. And uh, what I did was in the basic class change of perspective and went, you know what, I do care. I've been lying to myself a long time, and I went and found my father. And uh, I had to change the perspective that uh, he left me. He didn't care. And uh, I was working with someone. Um, her name is Camille. Man, I'll never forget her. She worked with me on because your father left, how did that cause you to be a better man? And I remember when it first happened, I went, no, I'm not going to do this. I don't like that. I don't believe that. And that was just me fighting. That was me wanting to hold on to my old perspective. And the more that I did some work with her, I realized, oh, man, the, the greatness that I am right now, the man that I am right now, is because of that. Now, of course, do we want everything to be perfect and mom there to be there, dad be there, everything to be perfect? You know, the Disneyland, the, the happiest place on earth, and everything's supposed to work out, even though none of the Disney movies did. But um, we think they should. And, and that's, not what it's, that's, not, that's not reality. And our family, your sister, your brother, the aunts, the uncles, what if they're all there on purpose and it's supposed to be there and what we're actually doing is developing and growing? Now, here's a perspective, though. The development and growing is not always easy. It's not comfortable. That's another perspective that people have. It should be. Everything should be comfortable. Everything should be calm. Everything should be smooth. There what goes back to that is not reality. When it's not reality, that's when we're going to suffer. Nothing is smooth. Nothing is always comfortable. It's just not. We grow when we are challenged, we grow when we overcome something. To overcome something, I must be given something. I'm going to suggest everybody that you have in your life is there on purpose. If you just have that perspective and you go to a family event, you'll actually start to see how it all is connected. And that's a fun experience. Now, it's going to take time. Please, please know that when you plant a seed, there is a law of gestation. It takes a little bit of time to grow. So please don't change your perspective, go into it, and then get angry and go see it doesn't work. Mr. Wilhite said that anybody can change the way they think, but very few people keep those thoughts changed. And that's so true, that it does take time, it takes commitment. And I think what, what the, the ultimate commitment would be is what I said a moment ago, what is it you really want? Why are you here? What is it you want to experience while you're here? And to keep your eye on that. That's why you can go to the events of your family and look around and go, everything really is on purpose and it's for me to have that. And just keep doing it and keep doing it and keep doing it and keep practicing it and it will get a lot easier. Next question.
Okay, this is the last question, and it might be kind of along the same lines, but um, it's attitude with kids that are preteen or teenagers that think they know it all and you don't know anything. How can I make positive choices and not get all upset over their thoughts and actions? <laughs> oh, great question. Um, Okay, um, so again, broken record. We go back to the perspective. That's what creates our attitude. So one of the perspectives that we have oftentimes of our children is that, uh, and I know that you're going to fight me when I say this, but we, we often think that our children should be good. They should be um, not, not perfect. I don't think anybody does that. But we really do believe that our kids are going to grow up, they're going to be healthy, and they're going to go to school, and they're going to fall in love, and they're going to have a great job, and they're going to... We really do hope for that, and we really do believe that, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Again, it's just not real, though. That's not the journey for everybody. And if we take a look at the same perspective, that our kids are not us. I remember also talking to Deepak Chopra about this, that uh, when, when Mackenzie was very, very young, um, I got to meet him, and, and he was a great help. But he said it this way, and of course this is the, the perspective I adopted. The kids are not yours. They're God's. They, uh, you are the vehicle, um, and uh, your job is to keep your arms around them and to make sure that they don't die when they're really little because they will run out in front of the street and get run over. So your job is to, you're the protector of them, but you're not the teacher and sometimes what we do is we want to make sure that we teach our kids everything we know. And if you really look at that perspective, that can be very dangerous. <laughs> so that our children are not ours. They're on their own journey. They have their path. And sometimes as parents, we want to say, no, they're ours, because now how they grow up shows what kind of parent I am. And so we want them to be perfect. We want them to have great grades. We want them to, to not do anything bad. And again, that fights reality. It's not true. It, it, it very rarely ever happens that way, that you have like a perfect child. And so the perspective can be very simple, that your children are not you. They're going to go through their experience. And then Wayne Dyer also brought this into the conversation, was um, let your children make choices. I raised my daughter this way. Let your children make choices. Don't make the choices for them. They're very capable let them make choices and pay the consequences of those choices. That's the greatest way to let them develop. Now, notice what he said. It's the same thing I've been talking about. Let them make the choices and let them pay the price for those choices. That's growth. That's development versus I want to protect them. I don't want them to go through what I've gone through. There's no reality there. And to let them grow, to let them grow starting at a very early age and to see what happens when they choose that and see what happens when they choose that. And they're going to, but it's not they're going to screw up. They're just growing. They're learning. And again, it goes back to that perspective. Okay. Okay, well, that's it. And if you'd just like to wrap up the call. Okay. I do want to do this real quick. Um, I know that I think most people on this call would want to have a happy uh, attitude. I'm guessing. But I think so. So this came out over the last three years, neuroscience. There's four things that a person can do to be happy. And I wanted to end the call with this. So I want to give them to you real quick. Okay, happy. Um, four things. First one is novelty. 
do things new. Read a new book, listen to a new type of music, walk a new way to work. Um, find things every day. Go to a different restaurant you've never been to. The opposite of that, do things the same always. It literally leads to sadness and depression. Happiness comes from when we give the mind new information, new stuff, it literally has to wake up. So that's one. The second one would be to challenge yourself, to take risk, to do things that are not comfortable. That's the growth process I've been talking about. To do things uncomfortable, to do things that are challenging, to do things that are risky versus the other side, which is sadness, which is doing the same things that are safe, not wanting to make a mistake, not wanting to, to get hurt, not wanting to fail, not wanting to, so in other words, stay safe. Okay, so on the, the happiness side, uh, the third one is express yourself. You have an idea, express it. It doesn't even matter what the company does with it, but you have a thought. It's there for a reason. It's there for someone's growth and yours. Express it. In a relationship, if you're upset, express it. If you're happy, express it. The other side would be to stifle yourself. I don't want to say anything. What if I'm laughed at? What if I'm joked at? That literally will start to kill us. Depression is, is based on that. Okay, and then the fourth one is connect. Connect with yourself. Meditation, thought, turn off the radio when you get in the car. Think about yourself for a while. Connect with you. Connect with people. Connect with the world. Realize you are connected to everything. You're connected right now to your goals. And just by your attitude and your thinking, you're either pulling them closer to you or you're pushing them away. So connect. Look in people's eyes, as at the airport today, walking around on purpose, looking in people's eyes, saying hello to people. And it feels really good. The opposite of that would be to operate from you are separate. You're in this journey by yourself. That one is horrible and it's tough. So real quick, and I'm done. I promise I'm done. So do things new. Okay, do things that are challenging. Express yourself and connect to this beautiful world. I'm done. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Great call, Tim. And thank you for taking the time to share your insights with us tonight on the topic of attitude. Thank you very much for allowing me and asking me to do that. Thank you very much. And thank you to everyone who's listening in. We hope you enjoyed the call and have some new tools to support you in developing an attitude that will support you in creating the life you desire. And you will definitely want to attend the call next month. It's scheduled for Tuesday, September 10th. We will be exploring growth versus decay and looking at the idea of getting uncomfortable to get what you want in your life. You can register now at psiteleseminars.com. And remember to ask your questions when you register. And just because the call is over doesn't mean the conversation has to end. Let's continue the discussion on Facebook. You can go to our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash PSI seminars and share your thoughts on attitude. What did you get out of the call tonight? And how are you going to implement this in your life? We want to hear from you. And as a reminder, Size Seminars has an app. You can access the app for iPhone and Android on iTunes or Google Play. You can find out more about the upcoming classes, such as the basic, Size 7, the Life Success Course, and the Leadership Classes. And for those of you who are new to Size Seminars and would like to find out more about the Size Basic Seminar or any of our advanced courses, you can go to SizeSeminars.com. That's P-S-I-Seminars.com. And thank you for being on the call tonight. We appreciate you taking the time to listen in. Have a great evening. <laughs>